0: Boy, that's a mouthful. Oh,
1: oh. Well, thank you. Thank you. That's it's great to be here. You know <laughs> it's actually, I'm gonna correct just one one syllable. It's, it's Castelluccio. Castelluccio.
0: Castelluccio. Okay, I need you to correct a bunch of things. I'm gonna say right. it again.
1: Castelluccio.
0: Castelluccio.
1: Yeah, that's right. You're still know,
0: saying it wrong.
1: No, no, you're good. It's it, yeah, you're fine.
0: <laughs> I'm going to Italy for three and a half weeks. And ah. uh we'll be passing through Naples and hopefully stop in Naples for a couple of days. And, um, I'm going to have to pick your brain on where to go eat and, and all of that. Um, but you know it's it's off it's crazy to hear you with an American accent. I mean I've seen you in other things, <laughs> but still you're Furio to me. You just are.
1: Well, you- well thank you. I, yeah, I um I think that's that was the reaction sort of of everyone <laughs> that right. uh, that met me after the Sopranos after watching me on the Sopranos. Uh you know I I grew up as an Italian so uh in America. I was actually born in in Naples and um and came here as a child with my family. So, uh, you know, uh, my first language was Italiano, you know? So- uh, And
0: so were you speaking, were you always speaking Italian in the house? Yeah,
1: yes, yes. My, my parents spoke very little English uh, and they wanted us to retain our language, you know, our, our you know mother tongue. And, uh, and you know, I, I have them, especially my mom to thank because, you know, that was one of the requirements for the character of Furio. Which was you have to speak fluent Italian and you know have a convincing Italian accent.
0: Now, was the character supposed to be from Napoli? Was that he was? Of, he yes, was. yes,
1: well, he was supposed to be from sp- Napoli.
0: But you speak other Italian accent. But but you you I've heard you speak other.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, there's nuances. You know, when you speak Sicilian, uh, you know you would say it in a different way. Like for for example, I always say you know, uh, like the word mani, you know, maybe a Sicilian might say mani, mani. And, and a Napolitan would say moni, you know. <laughs> so I grew up in a neighborhood in Patterson, New Jersey, where I was surrounded by Napolitani and Sicilians. Uh-huh. So I grew up with those with those different dialects. And also, uh, my mother is Barres, you know, so that's a complete different dialect altogether. Wow. And I'm going to say something in Bares, okay? And there's, uh, there might be some Bares uh, listeners out there, right? Okay. <laughs> it okay. sounds like Chinese, right? <laughs> it sounds... Uh, okay, can you say the same thing in... in, in Yes, in regular in,
0: Italian? In Naples, oh, yeah.
1: Do, yes, in regular Italian, it's norm, normal Italian. Se ce dobbiamo andare, andiamo. Se non dobbiamo andare, non andiamo.
0: Now that sounds Italian.
1: That sounds Italian. That sounds yeah, Italian. the the uh, the, the uh, uh, dialect is a very very strict dialect to to try to uh, to try to make sense out of.
0: <laughs> so what brought so what brought your parents to Patterson, New Jersey, of all places?
1: Okay, uh, back in uh, the nineteen mid to late nineteen sixties, there was uh, sort of a. Uh, uh, an act was passed where that, you know, you could call a family member over and, you know, get a green card, basically. And, you know, my father said, you know, maybe there's some more work there. You know, we could try it. And and so my I had my my grandparents, my maternal grandparents were already in Patterson, New Jersey, and I uh, had some aunts and uncles. And so, you know, they they called us over and they said, you know, uh, come here, let's try it out. And so we we wound up staying, went back in 1972 for three months uh, and then came back for good, you know, and didn't go back for a very long time.
0: And so did you learn English the way everyone else did on te- watching television? How did you learn how to speak English?
1: I learned in school. Uh, so, um, you know, obviously that had to be it, rough not speaking it, English. And Yeah. Well, you know, you know, I went to kindergarten and. Uh, And so I, you know, started speaking, uh, started speaking English there, started learning how to speak English and how to write and everything. And uh, yeah, so.
0: (laughs) So did, was it charming to people or did you get picked on? Was it hard
1: when I was, yeah, you know, that part, I really don't remember. Uh, Mm -hmm. all All I remember is like making friends, you know, there were some kids that were a little mean, but, you know uh for the most part uh, i had a lot of friends when i was growing up
0: and you grew up in an ethnic community so there were other kids that had this yes, in the home yeah, right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It,
1: was, it was a multicultural neighborhood that i grew up in at the time when i was growing up in the 1970s uh, it was largely italian in my in, in my neighborhood and uh, uh before that it was polish and jewish uh so yeah it was uh, there it was a multicultural kind of neighborhood Blocks away. It was Puerto Rican.
0: <laughs> right. Right. And yeah. so, uh, so we're, okay. So you're, you're a fine artist and you're an actor, you're a director, you're a writer. What came first?
1: Painting art. Um, do you, you know, come
0: from artists where your parents yeah, well, uh, so-
1: sort of, yeah, my, my father, um, painted when he was a younger person, younger man in, in Italy, in Naples. And, um, You know, I have uh, uncles that were uh, cabinet makers and, uh, you know, my siblings can all draw and and paint. Um, I'm the only one who really took it to a profession, you know, basically. It's just uh, and uh, my mother's an an artist uh, uh, in in the kitchen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good that's a good place to be an artist. Yeah. Um, So. When did you discover that this I mean, first of all, I just want to comment that your background is so gorgeous. I love Thank the you. colors and, and the gold Thanks. and the it's it just looks amazing. Yeah, oh, this is this is my
1: library. Actually, I uh, this is where I do a lot of my research for um, the paintings. I'm you know, when I collect something, I'll start here. I'll start in my library. And then if I can't find anything. I'll either go to the Frick Reference Library in Manhattan or the uh, Morgan Library, or I'll reach out to scholars and and uh, and experts on these particular artists that I'm researching.
0: Now, why would you be researching artists? What what would bring you to research artists? Uh,
1: because uh, what happens is, um, you know, since I've been collecting for about 28 years, collecting 17th century, um, you know, Italian masters. Um, and uh what brought so, you to that Federico uh well my background in painting you know when I when I studied uh at the School of Visual Arts I connected to the 17th century for some reason you know Caravaggio I'm sure you've heard of Caravaggio okay. um you know and so uh that's that's what I studied and you know when when but don't we, you
0: need money to start collecting like did you have money to do that right from the get-go uh
1: well you have you have this <laughs> Aha. so in other words when if, if, if you're researching, if you're studying something, if you, you know, what I have basically is a photographic memory. And so uh-huh. I, I, you know, if I see something, I never forget it, basically. And so I can remember what books I found them in. Or if I saw a painting uh, that uh, that was sold maybe 10, 20 years ago, I will remember which catalog and I'll go in my basement and look at the catalogs and find that and look at and, and compare it to something that I'm researching. Wow. And so, you know, a lot of my paintings that I discovered early on were um, were discoveries. <laughs> they were they were things that I found that were misattributed, basically. And, okay, so uh, we
0: have to talk about the most famous of those. At, at what point, yeah. how old were you when you made your biggest discovery, <laughs> which we'll talk about, you'll tell oh, us wow. about. Oh,
1: uh, wow. That was not in- 2010 so okay Oh, you know, that was like uh, 24 years ago I don't know I was in my 30s I guess uh, okay. late 30s or something you
0: know? okay so you'd been doing this for a while
1: 40, yeah
0: yeah and and you came upon you were at an auction or did you go to the auction to find this particular piece of art no
1: no I was I was actually visiting Yvonne's family we were dating you know dating it was the first time I visited Germany uh she, you know, basically took me around and t- showed me where she 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 grew up and, you know, some of her friends. And we went to the Stadel Museum. We went to different galleries and it was getting dark. We were coming home that one night and and I saw this what looked like an antique shop, but it turned out to be a small auction house. And it th- was it was they were basically closed. And But I saw the lights on, people walking around inside, and I asked her to stop the car. I wanted to go check it out. It looked like some interesting things in there. And so uh, the gate was halfway down. I, I went underneath the gate and knocked on the window. <laughs> and wow. the guy came over, didn't understand a word I was saying. So Yvonne came over, and she said, you know, he's he's a, an, a collector from, from America. Would it be okay He brought the manager over and he let us in. He goes, well, what do you like? I said, I I like paintings. And he goes, okay, well, there's paintings upstairs, you know, because downstairs they had all kinds of furniture and things. And so I I walked upstairs and on the landing, there were paintings stacked up against each other on the landing before you get to the second floor. Right. And there was one painting that was sort of sticking up and I saw the top of the head and the tree and it was some clouds. And I'm like, man, that, that looked like an interesting painting. I have to check that out. Turns out, when I brought the the paintings that were covering it forward and looked at it, I was blown away because I I I studied this painter and I you know this Giovanni Francesco. And you got Barbieri. that
0: from just the top of the. You- no,
1: I just saw the top and it, it looked interesting to me. So when I pulled the paintings forward that were covering it, I saw the entire painting. And it was a painting of Saint Sebastian and uh he he was the the uh the patron saint of soldiers basically and uh you know back in the 17th century this this was a, a saint that they prayed to uh in order to stop the uh the plague you know and then when the plague ended a lot of these a lot of the churches and uh, cathedrals they commissioned paintings of of this saint uh uh-huh. um, yeah so this when i saw it immediately i i looked at ivan and i said this is by Guccino, and she looked at me and she said what i said quiet <laughs> i wanted to find out what this guy knew about it because it was on a landing and it was covered and i was saying i mean what what would this painting be doing so i asked the um the guy excuse me could you come up here if i just want to ask you a question and uh i said what do you what can you tell me about this painting i like it so he's like well you know it's uh Probably 18th century, uh, and it's uh, looks Italian, <laughs> and uh, you know it's been cut down. He said, and all everything that he said was wrong, except it's Italian. That was right. It wasn't 18th century. It was 17th century. It was, it was painted circa 1630s. You know, and uh, and it, it wasn't, wasn't cut, cut down. It wasn't cut down. It's it, what the format is a half length format. See, artists back then would do portraits they would do bus length they would do uh half length and then full length and they were all different prices you know and so uh-huh. they, they were commissioned you know the the you know the churches and and private you know people commissioned them to do those things sort of like what we do today you know like a, as painters and artists um and so uh I asked him if I could buy the painting because uh, I asked him well how much is it and he said well it's a thousand to fifteen hundred and I said okay well can I buy it he goes yeah I said, okay, well, he goes, well, no, no, you have to come to the to the auction. <laughs> I said, oh, all right. I'm thinking the auction is in the next day or so. He's like, it's in three weeks. <laughs> it was, the auction was in three and a half weeks. And I'm thinking, wow, who is gonna know what I know about this painting? But you, you have to understand that the reason why um, it, 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 they probably didn't know it was because what happens to paintings from that period, like three, 400 mm-hmm. years ago, the, the natural resins, the varnish, it yellows, and
0: mm-hmm. when that
1: happens, it it flattens the half tones, and then there's campaigns of retouching at some you know different times uh, in its history, and so you you lose almost the, the the signature style of the artist, and so it takes someone who's been collecting and coming from the angle of a painter, knowing brushstrokes and also coming from the angle of a collector you know to understand what's in front of you and that and you
0: and you oh, knew immediately that it was the real thing like that, that-
1: like that immediately because wow. I was interviewed I was interviewed in a um, a documentary a german documentary and they came here during mm-hmm. a major snowstorm and they they asked me that question was it a fluke when you what, like did you buy the painting and then figure out i said no i knew exactly wow what that was in this in a split second i said in fact in two days there's an auction coming up in new york city and there is a painting that is misattributed it's a, it's attributed to a roman painter by the name of carlo Maratta, and they uh basically what what i know about the painting is that it's neapolitan and it was by a painter a famous painter by the name of luca giordano and they said well you think that we can come and and film? I said, well, I have no idea. You have to ask the auction house. And they actually did. But what I did was I showed them my research. When I, when I, when I saw this painting in New York city, I went there to see the original and I Mm -hmm. was absolutely convinced it's by Luca Giordano. And so I went into my, uh, the catalog resume, catalog resume is the, uh, the complete works of the artist up until the date that that, uh, book was made, mm-hmm. and so um, I I found another version painted by the artist, and it and in the catalog, it's written that there is another autograph version, and so this I said this has got to be that painting. Oh and, my lord! And now li- listen to this: they come to the place, I win the painting right on camera, and now how, how, how much? I think it was uh, I think it was eleven thousand or eleven thousand five hundred. Did it the person who like, was
0: bidding with you know? Did you there was you th- there were
1: people on the phone. There were, there okay. were phone bidders. There were a couple mm-hmm. people in the room, but for a painting like that, it's you know that's that's worth about one hundred and fifty thousand. Um, it, you know eleven thousand is nothing. So, what what I was just gonna, about to tell you is that I I've, I've become friends with a lot of the experts the Neapolitan experts um, on on Giordano, and. It's now being cataloged in the new and revised version of the catalog resume <laughs> on the artist, which is pretty cool. I have three works by this artist and uh and some drawings, um, which is uh it's, it's I'm very honored that that they will be putting it in there.
0: All right. So we have to go back to your your huge the, find. So you're in chief. Germany. Yes, so yes. you're in Germany. It's gonna be three weeks till the auction.
1: Yes. What what happens is I I asked um, the manager, I said, would it be okay if I came tomorrow and took pictures in the sunlight? Because in the sunlight, you know, you can you can see through the overpaint and you can see a lot Mm. more. Right. And he says uh, and I said to him, I go, you know, I'm just kind of playing dumb a little bit. I'm saying, you know, what would it cost to to restore this thing? And he goes, well, I have a conservator coming tomorrow. Maybe if you come back, you know, you can meet with him and talk to him. I said, yeah, all right, that's good. So on the way home, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, man, what did I do? If this conservator knows anything about this painter, <laughs> I could have blown this whole thing up. So he comes, the guy comes the next day and he's he's looking at the frame and he's like, wow, this is a really nice frame. He's like looking at the <laughs> back and front. He's like enamored <laughs> with the frame. Little did I know that this guy was a major frame collector, too. <laughs> and so... Uh, he didn't know anything about the painting, which was good. And so, um, I said, would it be all right if I took some pictures? The, the manager was smart. He said, he goes, you know what? I have some really good digital shots. Give me your email and name and I'll, I'll send them to you. So I said, okay, I knew that. I knew what he was doing. So I gave him my name and, you know, gave him the, my email and he sent me, sent me the pictures so I could study them, you know, but what was he do- email- what was he doing? What was he doing? He was trying to find out who I was. Okay. And so in the email that he sent me with the pictures, he says, I'm sorry. I didn't recognize you, Mr. Soprano. Oh. <laughs> I said, ah, oh, man, I said, he goes, if you want to call, you know, if you want to call in for a bid, you know, mm-hmm. I'll be on the phone with you and all that stuff. I said, okay, I'll let you know. I didn't call back. I didn't let them know a thing. All I did was study the piece for that those three weeks so you warm, didn't you art. didn't
0: show any increased interest
1: in the piece. No, not at all. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't lead on to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what? A lot of uh, I'll, I've noticed over the years that a lot of dealers do that as well. You mm-hmm. know, like art dealers, they they won't lead on to us. Oh yeah. You know. I've, you know. How much do you want for that? <laughs> so, um, so what happened was uh, the day of the auction. I opened the door and the guy looked like he saw a ghost <laughs> the manager he, he he when I walked in he was like what the hell is this guy doing here <laughs> um so you know the bidding started at uh, like 500 euros and uh you know there were like six people bidding in the room uh and you know I I actually what I wound up doing was uh, was asking my uh my business manager I said, you know, if I can go up to a certain amount on this and if it goes beyond that amount, are you willing to come in with me? And he says, absolutely. And he took a leap of faith. And uh, did you know together. the
0: value of that? Did you did? You, I mean, you've done you.
1: Yeah, you... I, I kind of knew I kind of knew what the value was, but I didn't know, uh, you know, what had to go into the restoration and all that, stuff. you know, and then and then getting it over to to the states. Because what happens is, you know, you have to just, you have to claim the value of what you paid for it. You can't claim the value of what it's really worth. And that was- So you
0: can't insure it properly, in other words. You can't
1: insure it properly, exactly. So that was a a nail biting thing, but we got it over here, uh, you know, safely. But um, it's been, you know, since since we've had it, it's been in several different exhibitions major okay exhibitions. wait so
0: you paid so so were there other people bidding the other people that were bidding do you think they had any idea what they were bidding on
1: uh the ones in the room probably not but there was one person on the phone uh with the manager that that uh that showed me the painting and i could see him on the phone he was like this he was looking he kept looking at me and talking to the guy looking at me and talking to him and and at one point um the bidding stopped, and I'm thinking it's my bid. And Yvonne is hitting me on the shoulder. I said, what, what's going on? They go, they, they're they waiting. I said, what do you mean? It's it's my bid. She goes, because it was in German, and I didn't understand. <laughs> so, I mean, I, and so I said, oh, my God, all right, I bid. So it was my bid now, and the guy bids again. So now, I you know, I, I got the hang of it, and I'm bidding. And now the guy is stalling on the phone. And so it's up to I think it was uh, maybe what was it uh, a forty nine thousand euros the euro was high at the time so it was mm-hmm. close to like seventy thousand and you know the guy was was stalling and I said I just yelled at him I go come on if you're gonna bid bid <laughs> and, and it's and stereo see, you don't mess around yeah. with and then it's... I see I see the guy I could basically understand what he was saying to this guy on the phone he's like listen this guy came from. The states, United States of America, <laughs> to buy this painting. Now, if you want to keep going, I think this guy's going to keep going. And so, I, I after that little conversation that he had, he shut the flip phone, and there was an applause in the, uh, you know, in in the uh, in the room. So, uh, was that
0: like one of the most euphoric moments of your? Because you know what you've got now.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean that. That's
0: like that's crazy. All right. So tell everybody kind of the value of what you.
1: Well, you know, I, you know, the thing is that ArtNet, uh, it's in the millions. You know, I don't know exactly that the 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 value of it. (laughs) Millions.
0: You bid seventy thousand dollars, and
1: yeah, yeah, millions. Yeah. Yeah, Wow. Yeah. And um, you know, art that ArtNet. you know, uh, did their own kind of like evaluation on it. They compared it to other paintings that sold and, uh, you know, uh, so they, yeah, you know, they, they pretty much kind of nailed it, you know.
0: And have, have your parents lived to see you have this incredible success? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, sure. My, you know, my father passed in 2016, my mom's still alive, thank God, she's 91. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and
0: so, do they? Okay. So, so going all the way back. So, you're a kid. Mm-hmm. You art gets you first. How, how do you? How? I mean, do you do you believe in reincarnation? Reincarnation? Do you think you had the gift? How did it manifest
1: yeah. with you? Um, well, you know, growing up in Patterson, um, there weren't many many avenues. Okay, uh, to <laughs> you know, to get out of there. <laughs> Uh, so I went to, I I was very strong minded when I was a kid and I knew what I wanted. Uh, and there, there was a school, uh, which my parents wanted me to go to, which I wasn't into. Uh, it was, uh, Don Bosco. It was like, I already came out of Catholic grammar school. I didn't want to go into another Catholic school. Mm-hmm. And plus I had done my research back then and saw that there was a school that had an incredible art program, but it was out of my jurisdiction. It was out of my, you know, right. So, and that was uh, a County tech. And it was a technical high school, which, you know, you, you could learn a trade, you know, that, that kind of thing, but they had an incredible art program. And so uh, I, somehow I don't know how I did it, but I spoke to, someone that was uh, politically involved in Patterson, and they pulled some strings and i was able to get into that school and so that school from from that art program i i, I was able to um take a scholarship exam uh, to the school of visual arts and based on uh, my my portfolio my art and uh, a hands-on exam that uh, that you go there on a saturday all day long and you actually draw and and then write and they they want to know what's in your mind and stuff. Uh I, I won the scholarship for, for uh four years. And uh it was the best thing that, that happened because I was gonna I was gonna work like two jobs in order to go to that school, you know.
0: Do you have I should have asked you this in advance and been prepared. Do you have anything in that room that you can
1: show us of yours? Um yeah, I can actually show you. I'm working on a series of uh large photorealistic drawings right now. Uh they're black and white drawings and uh they're of very interesting people, faces that I, I find very interesting, uh people that I know, some people that I recently met. Um and I can show you there's Do there's people a-
0: model for you, Federico?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll model for me. Uh, you know, I've I've been painting from life my whole life pretty much uh, but these these works here I'm I'm working from photographs um, and I'll show you this is uh, this is a, a f- one of my drawings here I don't know if you could see Get
0: it out of here that that's a drawing I've been sure that was a photograph the whole time I've been looking at it
1: no that's uh that's my friend Paolo from Rome wow. and um yeah uh, that is a that's a drawing let me show I'll, I'll show wow. you the, the
0: I, I was convinced that was a photograph
1: wow the One behind it this is uh, wow, my friend, Kevin <gasps> Boykins.
0: Wow. So people He's... can commission you to do this of them if they yes. wish? Yes, yes. Wow,
1: um, wow. But um, yeah, right now I'm working on a series. I'm, I'm up to seven works and I would like to, to have maybe about 12 to 15 pieces by, by the fall. And uh, I will have the exhibition in Manhattan not exactly sure where but it's it'll be in the gallery in manhattan
0: where and you have a where is your studio
1: studios right here i'll show you turn you around
0: wow oh my oh my lord look at this place this is magnificent what where (laughs) where are are you in new jersey where are you
1: i'm not going to be telling you that
0: (laughs) not even the state you can't tell us this yeah I'm in thing. Jersey yeah okay in Jersey. I, I, wasn't but I, ask I lived you in city. Manhattan
1: for 18 years and I had a studio there so
0: this is magnificent yeah. this thing that you have that, wow that is well, thank, magnificent
1: uh, so uh, I've been collecting for a number of years and uh, you know uh, some of the old master works um, that you' that you see um, um, yeah they uh, and some of I, that
0: is hanging there some of those are yours I'm assuming that are hanging in there no is that all stuff that you've collected?
1: Uh, yeah these these are these are masterworks
0: well those I can see right there but when you went into the other room yeah um, the other
1: room that that was uh, that was a self-portrait I don't know if you see the painting there
0: yes that's what I'm looking
1: at and uh, that is my that is another friend of mine from Rome he's a third generation uh, art dealer in Rome Alberto Quadri his name is
0: um Tony is asking, what medium do you use to do these um
1: photographed art? Uh, mainly it's it's charcoal. Mm-hmm. Uh some some graphite and charcoal, but mainly charcoal. Or uh, black chalk, if as as we say in uh, in the old master world. Black
0: chalk. This is this yeah. is absolutely fa- my, uh, this is fascinating. So okay, nice. so where how did acting? So you have this incredible career. You 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 have your life's path. You're yeah. an artist. You're doing brilliantly. You have a scholarship. Where does acting I, fall in here?
1: Well, here's here's the thing. Um, <laughs> can I show you a picture uh, of? Uh, I, I I all right. Let me let me back up. When I was in high school, mm-hmm. I was uh, in my last year. Uh, my last year in high school, I was working at a newspaper in Patterson. And I was doing like pen and ink renderings, you know, for the for the newspaper. And one day this um, reporter comes in and she starts telling my boss who was sitting next to me uh, that she was going to be interviewing George Burns. And and I I turn around and I go, I love George Burns. I said, wouldn't it be a great idea and a great story if a young artist did it? portrait and we presented it to him <laughs> I'm like giving her I don't even know she's like you're pitching her girl? you're pitching yeah but she goes who is this guy <laughs> and so she, she just turns around and leaves she came back and a you're few just hours. a
0: kid you're just a high yeah. school kid oh my
1: God. yeah I was uh, I was in my you know like senior year in high school and so uh, you know when she left I said to my boss Lynn Benz at the time I said, I guess that was a bad idea, huh? <laughs> she started laughing. Well, the reporter came back two hours later. She goes, I made a few phone calls and you have one week to do that painting. And we're going to be presenting it to George Burns. Let me show you the paint. Let me show you the painting.
0: Oh, my Lord. What balls.
1: I was, seven- <laughs> I was uh, 17 over here.
0: Holy. <gasps> this is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, it's cool, right? That was at the Plaza Hotel in in Manhattan.
0: I lived right down the street from the Plaza. That's
1: fantastic. Cool, right?
0: That is so... so...
1: Yeah. So uh...
0: you've combined talent with um cojones is what you exactly tossed.
1: yes in, well, in, in, in every, patterson, you gotta grow a few you know you gotta grow well, a pair <laughs>
0: patterson and also it's your Italian and you're and you're a tourist because I looked that That's up right. so you got all that yeah. going on yeah
1: you've got <laughs>
0: yeah. wow that that is really balls of you yeah That's so I, I um
1: what wound up happening when George Burns saw that painting and flipped out of he goes oh. he, and he had it he had uh a couple of friends of his what medium were,
0: is that because i can't tell oil. from
1: that's oil yeah wow. and so he had a few friends of his that were like from vaudeville the, the vaudeville era and they were walking towards the painting and i'm looking at the painting i'm looking at him and i was like wow. the, the only thing i could think of is i got his likeness <laughs> it was wow. uh it was you know and so um and, I, and I, I researched his life. That's why you see a vignette of all the, the times in his life, you know, when he won the Oscar and uh, when he was with Gracie Allen and then uh, in Vaudeville. And uh, he said he calls the, the organizer over. His name was Frank Goodman. And he was uh, the head of PR for PBS at the time. And he said, Frank, we got to do something for the kid, you know, do something for the kid. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, call me. He says, this is my card. Call me. On Monday, this was a Friday night, and I started illustrating for frank goodman p b s before I ever even got into college. <laughs> so wow. I was working professionally I was getting paid working professionally uh as an illustrator and wow. so like yeah so and so I wind up getting an agent, you know uh and when I got out, I illustrated for a few more years than maybe like four or five years. And then I decided, you know what? Things were changing with computers, with uh, graphic, you know, computer arts.
0: Mm-hmm, and
1: sure. uh, and I, it's not really, it wasn't in my my heart. You know what I mean? The deadlines were, they wanted it yesterday. And yeah. then it would sit on the art director's desk, you know, after you spent three days, like, awake trying to finish things. That's not what art to me is about. And And so... I decided I was going to quit that and just paint and paint what I wanted to paint, and uh, and just try to sell my work that way, you know.
0: And so, what kind of stuff were you doing back then? What what, what were you painting?
1: Uh, well, I was doing uh, still life mainly. Um, I was doing a lot of you know. F- I was doing figures as well. I was doing portraits. I did a lot of portraits for people. Uh, I didn't particularly care for doing portraits though. Portrait commissions. When I do a portrait that I want to do, you know, that's a different story. Ah. Uh, because I find I find the person interesting. I find there's something interesting about them. Um if you if I turn the if I turn it around. Oh here, show
0: us, show us. <laughs> yeah,
1: you will see a portrait of my, my cousin, God rest his soul, he just passed. But uh sorry. Um, he he um this is a portrait I literally just finished. Um it's him with the white cap.
0: Oh my.
1: Um oh. yeah mm. so and uh you know i i have to say that uh you know he was uh, i never knew this but he was severely depressed and uh mm. and I, I wish i would have known that if you know if there was anything i could have done to to help uh you know it, it really hit me here i cried like a baby when we were, were born two 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 out two days apart same year
0: you know, uh, in, uh, I'm just going to put this out there because, out of respect, but Richard Lewis passed today. I don't know if you. Uh, oh, my God. You're kidding me. Yeah. 76 had a heart attack last oh night. Oh, my and, God. Um, I met Larry, him. Oh, did man, you? What yeah. So did I. Yes. And brilliantly oh. funny. And. Um, Larry David was saying they were born three days apart in the same hospital and it was like they were oh. brothers always. And he, he said yeah. he always made him laugh and, and today he made him sob and he won't forgive oh him. Oh my gosh. Was, yeah. Yeah. Um, wow.
1: yeah.
0: All right. Rest so in peace. yes, absolutely. So okay, so so let's go back to my question. So how you who's having all the success as an artist and doing all of these things and you're on a path, why acting? Where did that come? How did that get into your life?
1: I, well, I, I was always interested in acting. I mean, ever since I was a kid, you know, I would, I would have a notebook, you know, one of those marble notebooks. Sure. (laughs) Uh, and I would, I would, um, write down all of the names all of the uh the the impressions that i could do and you know as a kid oh, wait I thought, a minute
0: i heard you could do some of those can you do that, something you for
1: know, I, yeah. I, I, all right I, I used to be able i you know as a kid you think you're good but you they're probably <laughs> horrible <laughs> you know and that basically what i was doing was looking at rich little and trying to copy rich little doing you know like Reagan right or something. <laughs> right you know so i always loved it and 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 plus you know watching films with with kids my age you know i would get i don't know if this ever happened to you uh, or you know to other actors you would get jealous you wanted to be a part of it you wanted to be actually going through that journey you know but you're That's sitting true. there watching it you know and mm-hmm. uh you know it was um it was one of those things and and I always thought that theater, being from Naples, I mean, in Napoli, theater is, is huge. It's it's you know, uh Napolitan theater is is uh, is is primo, you know. And uh so that's really what I wanted to do. I really wanted to get on stage. And so, but my my immediate expression as an artist was through painting and drawing, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so but it was always in the back of my mind. It was something. Were that, you were you
0: doing school plays? Were you.
1: You know, this is the interesting part. I thought that when I went to when I was going to go to uh, to high school at the uh, County Tech, that they would have a theater program and I was going to sort of like dive into it a little bit. They did not at the time. Now yeah. they do you know but at the time they just had this amazing art program so actually it was okay looking back at it you know um, but it was it was when I was uh, in at, at my last year at uh, visual arts is when a friend of mine um, came he was a wonderful artist and he comes into the class one day he goes hey man he goes. I'm gonna be doing a monologue. <laughs> he said, he was from Brooklyn. I'm gonna be doing a monologue, man. You know, when you want to come watch me, uh, do this monologue. I'm like, what the fuck is a monologue? I didn't. I never even. I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. I said, yeah, sure, man. It's like it's it's. I'm doing it, taking a theater class, and so I, I go to to watch him. I'm I'm you know I'm his guest, right? He's, he's supposed to get a guest. So I'm watching him, and I'm, and he's he's doing like a midwestern accent and. And he's becoming another character in front of me. This Brooklyn guy is becoming another ca- and and all of a sudden it was Biff from uh, from A Death of a Salesman. And I'm like, oh my God, this is this is exactly what I wanna want what I wanna do. And it was that moment where I said, This is something I, I feel I have something to offer. I really do. And I after I graduated, I sought um I sought out some some good teachers. And, um, and I just, uh, I just started studying, started studying. And while I was, while I was illustrating, so I was, I was, you know, I had jobs illustrating and, and then studying acting.
0: So where I'm from New York and study, where, where did you study?
1: I studied with Molly McCarthy. I don't know if you've heard of Molly McCarthy. Uh, she, um, she, was she, a lot of a lot of interesting people came out of her class matt dylan she actually wow. discovered matt Dillon. wow uh, and uh you know uh dash me uh yeah if, if i know
0: yeah we're facebook friends
1: actually yes if, yeah he's wonderful uh, he
0: he was in um roy donovan wasn't he in roy donovan
1: yes ray mm-hmm. donovan yeah yeah uh yeah. there's a there was a lot of uh, there were a lot of people like um uh oh man what is it roller girl what is roller girl's name again? heather graham
0: heather, right?
1: heather, heather graham she was in our class yeah so there's a lot of a lot of uh you know people that kind of did well that came out of that class uh but i studied also with donald bucca as he uh, you know and uh charlie lawton you remember charlie sure. charles not absolute the, yeah oh yeah.
0: yeah not charles lawton okay. yeah
1: yeah charlie yeah yeah and um so I worked with him. I just, I, I worked with a lot of really good teachers in, in New York City.
0: And so what I read is that you ended up in a play by um, John Patrick Shanley, who I, is a friend of mine, who was a friend wow, of mine. Wow, really? Yeah. Yes. And um, and that's when that you were you discovered? Little. Is that, yeah. And is that's how you were discovered? How yes. how long were you scrapping around in theater before
1: you got discovered? Oh, my God. Um I had done so much. We, we did a lot of Shakespeare, Shakespeare in the round. Um, you know, I, I you know, uh, Shakespeare festivals. Uh, I, I was with two independent theater companies. One was the eclectic theater company. Um, I forget the other one, but, uh, this, this particular theater company, we did, uh, uh, Savage and Limbo and, uh, there was a scout that came, that was, that, that came to the scout from an agent uh, in New York city. And she came up to me afterwards and said, uh, uh, I really liked your work uh, in this. And, um, I played Merck, the bar, bar owner, bartender, bar owner. And, um, she goes, uh, we, we have Bob, Bob Barry, uh, from Barry half Brown. It's coming tomorrow uh, to see you. I said, okay, it's cool. He came over and, and, uh, basically said i'd I'd like to send you out if you don't have uh, representation and i started booking things right away i started booking uh soap operas uh, a couple commercials another
0: world that was yeah
1: yeah so (laughs) so and then uh some more theater i you know i love theater and i really want to get back to it uh it's just that it's such a luxury um and when you have you know you know have you have bills and you know all kinds of things houses and you know you got it got to make the the uh the money come in basically nut.
0: you got to make the nut i i that's I,
1: exactly I, right
0: <laughs> yeah i i get
1: the, i get the nut night.
0: so so your first so how'd you get your sag we, we just watched the sag awards how'd you get your sag card
1: oh man how did i get the sag card um it was never you know what it was never a um it was never a, a, a thing that I really in, was interested in. There was a lot of people that they, they had to get the SAG card, you know. Oh man, I got I got two vouchers and I got to get a I, it, that. It wasn't about that for me. I just wanted to work. In I fact, on my you. on my paint box, you know, I had this paint box. From sometimes I would you know paint in plain air, and so I you know I would open the box and put it Wait, on. Wait, what my, do you mean
0: paint in plain air? Wait,
1: what? Plain air painting, basically, uh, you know, paint you know, go paint uh the landscape, you know. I went to France for about a few months and then and I went to just focus on landscape painting. Um and just to to experience the light in, in south in the south of France. And wow. uh and and so on this box, what I had was a piece of paper, and on that paper was written what the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. And it and I wrote state it it's state your goal that's what i wrote state your goal and my goal was to become a successful working actor that's it that's all i wanted i just wanted to become a successful working actor
0: well isn't it nice that you accomplished your goal
1: yeah yeah i guess i guess it was yeah and and, uh,
0: be- and beyond um yeah. it's, okay so so you're doing these parts and you're 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 getting on screen and yeah. now and and you're not no you're getting little parts right you're doing little things yeah, like yeah. soap operas and exactly yes. and then you then you get called to do an audition <laughs> and that just, changes your life so so how how does this go down how did I
1: find out about that all right um yeah, obviously you know the trade papers backstage you know obviously right uh mm-hmm. so i was dating a girl at the time uh, Stephanie Norwood and she calls me and says I just got backstage and she was a model transitioning into acting and uh she goes I just got this um the backstage and there's there's something I think you'd be right for and I said really what is it she's like it's called the Sopranos <laughs> I go I said Stephanie I said I don't sing this not she goes no it's <laughs> like you, Michael Imperioli's in it and you know there's like I said Michael's in it really and, I, you know, I knew Michael through the theater circuit, so we, we knew each other. You know, we weren't really close friends or anything, but we, we knew each other, crossed paths a lot. And, uh, and then she goes, come into the city, I'll, you know, and I'll you know, give you, uh, I'll show you the, the paper. So I go there, and we're looking at it, and I see James Gandolfini's name. And I used to always see his name. I, a lot of people didn't know who he was, but I was following this guy's work. Wow! So I was following his work because every time he, he did, he, he was, he was a supporting in a supporting role. He stood out to me
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he was just so real. And so there was a fiber to him that spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I said, wow, James Gandolfini, she goes, who's that? I said, this guy's a phenomenal actor. And I said, this must be, this must be a good series. So I call up my, my agent <laughs> and i said bob oh so this, this is
0: before this is before this is before way before you got actually got on this is before it started yes yes okay.
1: way before this is like when this is like they were casting for the first season okay so i um i call up my agent and i said uh, bob there's this new series he goes i already know about it <laughs> he goes i've already submitted you i said oh okay cool thank you so uh A couple weeks later, uh, he sends. At the time, you know, we had faxes, so he faxes me some sides, and he calls me up. He goes, "You know, this is a part. It's a couple days," and I said, "Great." You know, I said, "Okay." So I read it, and and it says uh, Johnny Sack, (laughs) the New York New York boss, and and uh, and then the description. And I read the description and it says a John Gotti type, you know, something something to that effect. Right. And, you know, I'm like thinking, John Gotti, that guy's, that guy's way older than me. And, you know, I was like 34 at the time and I had long hair and I, I, I called Bob back up. I said, Bob, I said this, this thing, I, this, this is not me. I mean, I, this is not like this complete, it's not the right character. He goes, well, he goes, I sent your, your picture in <laughs> and your resume and they want to see you. I'm like, all right. So I worked on it. I did a really good job with the audition, but then crickets, right? And then when I saw the episode with with uh, Vince you Giratola, too. who got the who got the role, I'm like, that's who I would have picked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty that's, perfect. He was brilliant, man. He was brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a phenomenal actor
0: and a phenomenal person. Okay, so so you don't get it, and. You go on and you're doing other things,
1: I'm guessing. Yeah. So I'm doing other things. But at the same time, you know, obviously watching watching the show and Mm -hmm. really thinking there was nothing out there that I've ever seen that was that good, Uh, you know, that that profound as far as writing, as far as uh, acting uh, music that kind of kind of tied everything in, Mm -hmm. tied in your feelings at the end. Uh, I was like, man, I I literally have to be a part of this, man. I, you know, I grew up in a neighborhood that was very, you know, sort of controlled by by these guys, you know, these wise guys. And, you know, and so I, I was always observing. And I said, I really think I have something to offer here, you know. But the right thing has to come and so he kept sending well, me were,
0: like, were, were parts coming parts must have been coming up on the show did your agent were. keep your yeah, agent kept submitting
1: I, I, you for things or no they, i i kept turning them down because they oh. were uh, they were day players they were day they were just uh under fives or day players oh. and i said this is too important of a show i said to bob i said bob i said i'm looking for something to just sink my teeth into this is too good of a show I said, it's maybe just like a little character or a couple of episodes, you know? And one day uh, I come home and I see a bunch of faxes on my floor. <laughs> I pick it up and, and I'm reading it. It said, Furio, Tony Soprano's cousin from Italy. That's how it was, you know, it was no last name. Tony Soprano's cousin. That's how it was slated at the time. And so I called Bob up. I said, Bob, I said, this description, I mean, this is written for me. <laughs> I mean, like he's, he's gotta be Italian, right? He's Napolitan, right? From Naples. He has to be able to speak fluent Italian and do a convincing Italian accent. I've been around the Italian accent my whole life. And now, I
0: is, is that, is the Roman Carmela's not even a thing then, right? That's no, not, no, a- that
1: was, that was in the fourth season. Carmela. No, no, that was, that was, so further. right now,
0: what you're looking at is just being like his bodyguard, being like a bodyguard
1: or some. Yeah, right? being an enforcer, you know, that he mm-hmm. that they that they find and then they bring back to to New Jersey, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, uh, it was um, that I mean, the audition was uh, was was very interesting because uh, I had worked on it. You know, I, I knew it inside and out. Um, and I remember Mary Clay Bolin. Uh, after I auditioned, she she shut the camera off and she goes, Federico, thank you. That was like a breath of fresh air. Oh, <laughs> and who that, did you who did you read with? Uh, Mary Clay Boland. She was you read, uh, with,
0: you read with her?
1: Yes, I read with oh, her. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um Georgianne wasn't there that day. Mm-hmm. Uh Georgianne Walken. Yes. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so and so she said, you know, I guess, you know, my, in my mind, I said, the breath of fresh air, that's pretty good. I've never he- heard that one before. <laughs> and then later on, I found out that, um, that well, they, they sent the uh, they sent the tape to the producers. And then uh, my agent called me I, when I got home that night, I checked my messages. And uh, he said uh, that the producers want you know, they, they want you to read for producers. So at the time, I was friends with um, with uh, Aida Turturro, and I called Aida up and I said, "Aida, I got," um, I said, "I got a call back, and I'm reading for producers because she had just gotten on as well." And uh, I said, "She goes, Federico, it's it was like the coldest room I ever read for." Her. I said, "All right, cool, I'm I'm ready for it, you know, uh, I'm you know." And I said, but there's only one thing that's missing in this in this thing. I, I said, I, I feel like I need to add some some Italian words and some. She goes, Federico, don't do it. <laughs> she goes, absolutely, do not, do not. It's it's known in the business that they don't they don't want you ad-libbing anything. So I said, okay, all right. No, I take your word for it. So I did the audition uh, they for the callback. And I get to the point at the end. And I it was going so well, I just felt the room changing that I added the I, I, I sort of added the Italian in there. And I said, the I fortuna to get you know? And then and then I Wait, I, what I, does I, that mean? You really want me to tell you? I said, Shut the fuck up, you whore. <laughs> Before <laughs> you're lucky I didn't kill you. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, anyway. So I, 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 you know, I finished the audition. I felt, I totally felt good, you know, with the audition and how the room felt, you know, and I was. Did, I wait, did bag. they
0: react at all when you, when you threw in your little ad lib? Did, was there a reaction at all?
1: Well, what happened was, you know, I, I, I said, thank you. And I, I was grabbing my bag to leave and somebody that was sitting, there was a, there was sort of a couch there and there were chairs and, the guy that was sitting on the couch, the older guy, who I didn't know who he was at the time, he says, Federico, hold on a second. Hold on. He goes, uh, he goes uh, where are you from? I, I said, do you mean where I was? Was I born? or where?" I... He goes, everything. I said, well, I, I was born in Naples, Italy, and I grew up in Patterson, New Jersey. <laughs> and so Perfect. I saw the smile just come across Perfect. his face. Yeah. And then so I, he goes, thank you. And I was about to leave again. And another guy comes up to me. He goes, hold on, Federico. He goes, what did you say at the end there? (laughs) I said, what do you mean? He goes, in Italian, what did you say? And I told him what I said. And he looked at me like this. He said, okay. And he walks away. And so I I thought that was kind of weird. And so um, basically, uh, you know, I didn't hear anything for like two two weeks. Like one week goes by. And I'm calling Bob. I'm like, Bob. I said, I nailed that audition, man. I know it. I said, what What's going on? He goes. He goes. I don't know, Federico. was like, <laughs> it's, you know, still. Uh, it's still on the on. You know, uh, on backstage. It's like it's. So they two and a half weeks go by.
0: Oh, it's still the part still listed on backstage.
1: Part still listed, and oh. they they didn't book the part. So I, you know, two and a half weeks later, I said, forget about it. I know I didn't get it. You know. And so I get a call from him. He goes, Federico, they want that was Bob. He had he he was like a smoker. <laughs> they they uh they want you to read again with uh with uh James Gandolfini. I'm like, really? Oh, okay. So oh. I called up uh I called up uh uh Aida and I said, Aida, you know, I, I thought that I had lost the part, and I mean now they want me to read with with uh, James Gandolfini. She goes, well, that's good, Federico. But don't don't change a thing. <laughs> I'm like I said. Well, I'm thinking to myself, maybe I should, because I you know maybe that Italian thing that turned them off, you know. Wait, wait. I, did
0: the Italian thing? Tony's asking. Had you planned to say that exact thing, or did it just come off the top of your
1: tongue? No, it was something that I I put in there. I planned to say that. You planned it, I, okay. I, I planned, but I, after speaking to her, I, I took it out of my mind. Right. You know, and then because the audition was going so well, right. I'm, I'm like, what the hell? Let me just throw it in there. And then I thought, oh, shit. I, You know, that was the reason why I wasn't getting a callback. But now and, you have to
0: decide, do you put it in when you're reading with with Jimmy? Right. You know, yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, OK. So
1: so now um, I get there. I'm I'm a little early. So they said, um, you know, just sit sit out here, Federico. Um you know everybody's here except we're waiting for a gym he's just finishing up a scene so you know just just hang tight and here's the new script i'm like the new sides i'm like new sides so i'm reading she goes just take a read you know i'm reading the new sides and like these aren't new sizes exactly the same size that except the very end it said in italian you're lucky i didn't kill you you fucking poor yeah they put it in i'm like looking at that's that's my line that's the line i I, in italian so uh so yeah i i put it in there and and so that's great i i auditioned that last that last time and i thought that was the end of it and so did you have
0: immediate did you have instant rapport with james Gallofini? was it
1: was there oh yeah yeah actually um it, the the audition went very well you know I, I you know i actually had to mimic the fighting and everything like that the throwing of the punches uh you know they they just i found out later on that they wanted to see that because they had hired people in the past that had to do fighting scenes and they couldn't they didn't know how to throw a punch uh-huh. they didn't know, it looked fake it didn't look right you know and so uh you know so I did the audition, everything went well. And I was about to leave, and uh the one of the ADs comes over and uh says, Federico, here, can you read this? And I said, What's this? She goes, it's uh, you know, it's just another it's just another scene. And I look at it and it said, Naples, Italy. You know, Furio, Naples, Italy. And and there were a lot of there was a lot of stuff in Italian. So I say, you know, can I have a few minutes? She goes, yeah, take your time. You know, you know, I'll, I went outside, I read it over, made my choices and came back in and read with uh, Gandolfini. And he broke character a few times because when I was speaking in Napoletan, you know, he just I could see he was laughing. He was laughing out of character, you know. Wow. And so uh,
0: does he speak? Italian? Did he speak Italian?
1: You know what? I think he understood Italian mm-hmm. more than he spoke. His father mm-hmm. spoke Italian. Mm-hmm. His father did. Um and so after But that, he was
0: getting a kick out of
1: Yeah, he was getting yeah. a kick out of the, you know, the the situation and the uh, the scene and the 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 Italian and the, the broken Italian broken English back and forth, you know, with the Napolitan and the Brooklyn. So uh so um when I finished it was the same thing. I was, it was like, thank you very much. (laughs) You know, that's the way it goes in our business. You know, you don't, you don't really know. And so I, they saw, they probably saw my expression of like, Oh shit, man. Mm -hmm. Another, another few weeks are going to go by maybe who knows if I'm even going to get it. So I grabbed my bag and I'm out. I'm just about hitting the door. It was a Friday night. And, uh, and Georgianne Walken was behind the camera that night. And she said, Federico, go home, have a beer. We'll call you next week. And I never got the call, but I did, I was, I was here, you know, um, with a client at the time. And uh, you know, that was, uh, you know, buying a work work of art and um, the phone rang and I said, would would you excuse me a second? And I, I pick up the phone and I was like, is this Federico? I said, yeah. Hi Federico, um you're just looking to get your your sizes, you know, what your shirt size and neck size? I said, I said, Who is this? She goes, Oh, this is wardrobe. I said, Wardrobe? I said, for, for what? They go, What do you mean for what? So the Sopranos for Furio. I said, Did I get the job? <laughs> she goes, Nobody told you? Yeah, yeah, you're 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 a Furio. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I was like completely blown away. But what happened was I had a New York City number. You know, back then, if you lived in New Jersey, you had a 212. Uh, so did you have an that,
0: answering service or something? I had an
1: answering service, and my my agent left a message there. And I didn't get it. There was like a day or two, and I didn't get it. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, my. So now, how did Furia turn from this small arc into three, three seasons? How did that w- – at what point did they let you know – no we're keeping you we want you
1: we're doing um, this well i think it was it was after uh they started editing the very first scene i shot
0: how many how many episodes did you get hired to do
1: i got Originally. hired three episodes yeah and i think I, I don't know how many i did maybe something like 30 episodes 28 i don't know um but um i thought it was more than that i think you know what the first year I uh, you know obviously i was I was hired not as a regular. they made me regular the second year um but what happened was one day after after I had shot that first scene, which we shot out of order, I didn't shoot the Italian scenes first i I shot the scenes in the brothel that that was big girls don't cry that that one I shot first that was the first time I was ever on the set of the sopranos. Um, and, you know, they started editing that scene. Mm -hmm. And I remember after one of the, 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 the read-throughs, I was, I was standing there talking to Lorraine Bracco and David Chase comes over to me, by the way, David Chase was the guy on the couch. I
0: don't Ah. know if
1: I'm, um, so David Chase comes over to me. He goes, Federico, he goes, wait till you see the scene. In the brothel, he goes, that is, it's just coming out unbelievably well. Wait till you see that scene. Very powerful. And then he walks away. And uh, Lorraine Bracco goes, keep that. Very far and few in between. You know, because he, he wasn't very kind of engaging with with people, you know.
0: I know Michael. I know Vincent. I know the other Vincent. I know Joey. No one's told me a story like that about David. So. <laughs>
1: And so, it, you know, that was that was really good. And, um, you know, the the thing about that night the, 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 was that they were having issues, technical issues. The very first day I started working on there, and um, we didn't we shot that last part of the scene first, and then there were hours and hours and hours that that went by, and it was like you know, two thirty, almost three o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and. They still didn't get to the beginning part of that scene where I go in, I, you know, I, you know, I, I kind of baseball bat the guy that's sitting there, slap the girl, <laughs> grab the gun, go through the window, all that stuff, and you know, they said if if we don't do it in one take, you know, it's got to we got to go into another day of shooting. So the, um, the the script supervisor comes over to me when we were rehearsing it. She goes, Federico, you know, when you just rehearsed it, you went through the door with your left leg. Uh, you kicked it open with your left. This time you did it with your right leg. I said, which leg should I use? She goes, left leg. So, you know, whichever it was, you know, that's right. Just tell me everything that I need to know and I'll put it into what we're doing right now. They said, you know, if you break through the, the glass, break through the window, make sure that you clean so you don't get cut. So that I. That, Had
0: you done anything like this before?
1: No. No, that's like that.
0: pretty intricate. That's very intricate.
1: Yeah, it was a one if you look at yeah. it, it's one take, you know. The the, wow. the camera's following me all the way through. It was one take. When they checked the gate after they after the scene was over, they checked the gate and it was done and every just everyone exploded into an applause because they oh. could go home now. <laughs> oh. You know, what I mean, it was the last scene of the night that they had. They were And so um you know i it was almost like furio was proving himself to the tony soprano but you know federico as the actor was proving himself to the production you know
0: wow that's beautiful that's amazing so okay so at what point so did you shoot your three scenes you're done mm-hmm. your your three um uh, not three scenes, but your, your three episodes and then you were done and they called you back or did they yeah. not let you go? How did it work?
1: No, no. They, they, uh, they kept writing me in. They, you know, they, they liked the character. They liked what I was doing. And, you know, I, 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 I never say this enough, but I have to, I, I really have to thank uh, David Chase for taking a shot on me, you know, they, they, I and also HBO. I mean, like, you know, they were, they were working together, you know, they, they had to approve it as well. And so, you know, taking the shot on an unknown, uh, you know, I'm always very, very grateful uh, for that, you know. You know, and and humbled all these years, you know, to have had that shot.
0: And how, Okay, before I get to how your life was changed. So the Carmela side story, did that happen organically? Like, did you and Edie Falco have chemistry and they decide to use that or (laughs) did they de- I, how know, did that I had,
1: develop we 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 actually never worked together before
0: mm.
1: you know um, they they came up with that storyline i don't know how I, or who who came up with it but um, I I love the fact that they did because it was a
0: great storyline because she needed that. So with all the dogging around, he was, she needed that so much. It was, it was a great thing for women that she had that going on.
1: No, no, it was, it was really cool. It was, uh, you know, how I found out was we were, it was uh, we were just ending the hiatus going into the beginning of the fourth season And, you know, HBO throws these great parties and stuff. And, you know, they invited all the actors and uh, crew and everybody. And, um, and so I was talking to somebody at the party and all of a sudden from the corner of my eye, I see somebody trying to wave, you know, get my attention. I look over and it's Edie and, uh, and Eileen Landris, one of the producers. And she goes, Federico, next season, it's you and me. I'm like really i said wow that's that's awesome i said that's great then i started thinking about it i'm like you and me wait a minute <laughs> i'm, I'm not gonna sure die I'm a- <laughs> that's that, that is not a great um storyline for me <laughs> that's what i was thinking in my head i'm like what the hell's going on here uh so uh, my first you know the first uh script that i got i read uh, where a furio comes to the house and um, she basically uh, Carmela primp[s] her hair in the mirror or something like that, and I'm like, "Oh shit, this is it's going down that road." So I I said to uh, one of the producer writers, uh, Terry Winter, I said, "Terry, I said, um, does Furio get this?" <laughs> he goes, "No, nah, it's not going to happen that way." I said, "Oh, okay, good." <laughs> So I knew early on, I knew early on that, uh, you know, it basically it was, was the last season for the character. But it was you a great did, season. Did yeah. you
0: know from the beginning that they weren't going to consum? They didn't consummate it, right? They, no, they never, that
1: they I, didn't, did. I didn't know. No one really knew how the storyline was going to go, except for the writer-producers, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you know, towards the end, you know, uh, we were, you know, we were just getting basically the script's, and then you know the, our scenes, and then in the read through, we had we gave the scripts back because there there was some leakage in in the past. Some people you know leaked the, or you know lost their script or something, and then people found it and it wound up getting mm. into papers.
0: Well, everyone I know on that that worked on that show that I've uh, gotten to know all got whacked and all or went away. um, yeah so so at what point did you know you were going away and and how that has to be hard to leave that family yeah
1: yeah 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 it is Uh, you know you don't who wants to leave a great show like that (laughs) you know I, I remember there was there was an actor I won't say his name but he was actually begging not to be not to be killed off he, every Aww. time he saw david like come out from like you know onto onto the street and you know he, he came out from one door he would always attack him please don't take don't don't kill Aww. my character oh <laughs> yeah but the way he dives is pretty shitty mm. maybe that'll give you a hint of who he was well i,
0: I- <laughs> <laughs> um. I well. I know. Oh. Oh. I was gonna say Joey, but he, yeah. But okay. Um. Okay. So I have to tell you this. So you were in this a movie with Danny Aiello that has a lot of names, but Eighteen Shades of Dust is one of them, and I found out today that my jam master from back in the rock and roll days did the score for that. Oh, wow. uh, Bobby <clears throat> Held and David Bravo did the score for 18 Shades of Dust. I just found yeah. that out. That's wild. But so you've done a lot of things since The Sopranos. And one of them is, well, something you started to do is direct and to write. And so yeah. where did this come from? Like, were you <clears throat> studying when you were on set so that you
1: could? Did you study yeah.
0: directing or did you no. study on, on set?
1: No, I I never, I never intended to to direct actually. I never, you know, thought that I was going to direct one day, but, um, what wound up happening, it was, I I did a film called El Cantante with uh, Jennifer Lopez and Mark Anthony. Mm -hmm. And my last day of working on that film, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the PAs came over to me and, uh, and said, uh, Federico, I, I, and I've seen your work. I really like your work as an artist. And, uh, my boyfriend is an artist and he's having an exhibition. He goes, She goes, if I give you a, a, an invite, would you come? I said, of course, I would love to. So I, I go to the opening and it blew me away. It, but it also brought me back to when I was a, a kid in Patterson. And I'll tell you why, because it was all graffiti. But now it was on canvas and it was like large and it was really all these colorful paintings. And I was like, Wow, this is really cool, and it brought me back to to when I used to go over the train trestle and look look at the trains that were all done up. You know, they 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 tagged all the trains, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know, and I thought of a title. You know, when I, when I was driving home, I, I thought of a, an idea, and I called up my friend John Alfieri, uh, who was a, a friend that I went to grammar school with. And he was a budding writer. And I said, hey man, I got an idea for this film of a young sort of artist prodigy. And he's a, he's a, he's a graffiti artist and he's shooting for something and you don't know what it is. And his father is sort of like a, a failed baseball player. And, uh, and he kind of takes everything out on, on his son and, uh, and his grades are failing. And, um, and then he rips up all of his drawings and then one day he's like flipping through the channels and the kid is supposed to, he's, he's castigated. He's in the, he's in his room. He's supposed to be hitting the books and he's flipping the channels after he, you know, he, he watches a horrible, you know, baseball game. And he sees his son on television. He's like, and he calls his wife over. He's like, what the, what's going on here? And he, the the son winds up winning a, a scholarship contest, you know, and he does this incredible mural and he's being interviewed and he, and, and the interviewer says, <laughs> he goes, what inspired you to do this? You know? And, and the kid looks at, <laughs> he looks at into the camera. I told him, look into the camera <laughs> and, and directly say to the camera, my father. And then you, the camera just pans up to this amazing, like baseball, like he's, he's got the bat and, and it was a tribute to his father, you know, mm. and he, his father just crumbles, you know, mm. and it was called Tracks of Color, you know, B- you know, the title was was from the the, the, the trains that I used to see right, right. on the tracks and uh, and the graffiti on there, you know, but it was it was cool. And and uh, Giana palmentary was one of the main producers on that. It's Chaz's wife.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. And so that so-, was, that, so that the reason why I was telling you this is because. I didn't know who was going to direct it and I said to my my friend I said we'll write it together and I guess I'll direct it you know <laughs> and that's how that's how that started you know
0: and then you did a feature with uh, David Proval another friend we David oh, and Michael I and I David. were in Henry Jaglom's the M word Michael and I got to do a, a one-on-one scene with Michael Imperioli that was the thrill of my life oh, and paul sorvino true. was in it um oh my and God. so how One how intimidating friends. was this no in <clears> your <throat> film no david was in the film with me but paul oh. was in this with you so how
1: so this was your first feature how did yes. this how did this come to you okay um so i had done several um you know, short films, some commercials. And you'd won,
0: and you'd won some awards too for your shorts. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. Won some awards with the shorts, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the festival circuit. And um, what winds up happening is uh, I was uh, at a, uh, a house party and it, there were a lot of interesting people there. It was, uh, he's the uh, former uh, uh, Italian consulate general. And he says, there's going to be some interesting people. He says, uh, Federico, uh, my attorney is uh, is going to be coming. He wants to. He's been writing and he wants to talk to you about a script. <laughs> I said, "Oh man!" Oh no! <laughs> so I go there and uh, he introduces me to this nice young man, uh, and uh, his name uh, was uh, Michael uh, Michael Versigliano. and uh, he starts pitching me the story. And so. There was a lot going on, so I'm kind of half listening. And then he says, and it takes place in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. I said, "Oh, wow, really?" And he says, uh, "It's uh, you know based on the Gilio Feast." I said, "The Gilio Feast? I know the Gilio Feast." He goes, "He goes, you do?" I said, "Yeah, yeah. I used to live on Conselier. I mean, I you know I had a girlfriend there, and she had brownstones, so so I was there all the time. And uh, and so uh, he goes, uh, if I send you the script, would you read it?" I said, "Yeah, sure. Send it to me." So you know how our lives get, you know, it gets so busy and, you know, you just kind of put it aside. I'll read it tomorrow. Tomorrow turns into next week, next week turns into sure. next month. So I get a call from, um, from, uh, Steve Acunto. He was the uh, ex uh, consulate general and he goes, uh, Federico. He goes, Hey, Steve, how you doing? What's going on? He goes, Hey, remember that, uh, my friend that the attorney, uh, you know, Michael, he sent you the script, right? I said, yeah. He goes, did you read it? I said, I said, actually, no, I, I haven't read it yet, man. I, I'll get to it though. I will. So, uh, so a, another week goes by, and he calls me up again. I, I said, I, I'll read the script. He goes, no, 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 don't. He goes, D-. he goes, Federico, I just want to invite you and Yvonne to dinner. It, come to La Cirque. You know, me and my wife will be there. So, you know, I said, oh, cool, all right. So, I'll, I'll see you there. It wasn't about the script. So I get to the restaurant, we're walking in, and I see I see Steve and his his wife, and then there's another person there. As I'm getting closer, I'm like, wait a minute, that's the guy that I didn't read his script. <laughs> that's Michael. So I said, Michael, I'm very sorry, man. He goes, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. Uh, we sit down. and How much time uh, has
0: was, passed since you were given the script to now?
1: Uh, about three months. Uh-huh. Yeah. so so he goes um, he goes I, I saw a couple of your short films he goes I, I really like them he goes um, why would you do a short film I said well you know there's a couple of reasons I mean first of all they're not as expensive as a, a feature film um, and if you're a producer or a writer or an actor and you, you know you're just trying to kind of explore the medium mm-hmm. um, you know it's a good way to do it and it's also A good vehicle in order to get money for a feature film if you're you know you could pitch your your story in in a short film he said really he goes okay he goes i'm gonna write a short film version of the script that i sent you if i send it to you tonight would you read it i said i promise you i'll read it tonight i went home the script was there in my email i read it i loved it and i i emailed them back and i said you know i really love this i think uh and i, I apologize for taking so long but um i i said let's do this so wow. i wound up uh playing the lead uh and uh producing it and and also directing it and wow. you know and uh paul servino uh reprised his role in in the feature film as well so it was with that film that we got the financing a few million to do the uh you know to do the feature film wow and they okay. wanted me to play the lead again and i said I, I i'm sorry guys i don't want to play the lead i really want to focus on on directing because it's uh my my feature directorial debut so i really uh, feel i need to focus on that and uh and so we um we wound up looking for the, the lead actor which was phenomenal he was uh um it's it, it, this, this guy just, just was every, every f- like scene that I saw him in, which was different. Um, I mean, the, the guy just disappeared in everything that I saw him, he was, it was, he was a completely different person in everything that I saw. Um, and um, his name is, is Trey Garrity, by the way, Troy, uh, Troy Garrity. I'm sorry. And, and Troy was in um, barbershop. He was the white, Barber. (laughs) And from there to what he did in uh, the Brooklyn Banker. It's just uh, you would never think it's the same actor, same person. Wow. Yeah, he was he was brilliant. He comes from a great lineage as well. Uh, Henry Fonda was his was his uh, grandfather. Wow. Yeah. And he was Henry Fonda. Henry Fonda was a painter as well.
0: I love speaking of painters. So Burt Young, another mutual friend of ours. Ha, um, yeah. you said you yeah. have a good a good Burt Young story for me. I'm ready. I miss Burt.
1: <clears throat> well, you know, Burt and I uh we didn't you know, he did the Sopranos. we actually never met on the Sopranos, but um I used to when I when I would go out to Los Angeles for for work, I would stay at uh the Sunset Marquee. And um and he was staying there as well for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. But uh every morning we would have breakfast together. So and cute. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we just like, uh, we, we connected on, on, uh, on a, a wonderful artistic level, you know, cause mm-hmm. he was painting, he started painting at the time and, uh, and, you know, I went to his, you know, he, he had his daughter's place where he was painting as well. yeah, And uh, and he painted from the heart. He wasn't really well-trained or anything, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, I liked what he was doing. He was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, expressionistic. And so we wind up, doing a, a short film together, you know, I, w- I was hired to do a short film. They said that, uh, Mike McGlone was going to be in it. And also, uh, uh, and he was going to be in it. So, uh, he comes in and he completely was, was unprepared for, to do the scene. So, you know, uh, uh, there was a, there was a certain point where, um, he's struggling to remember the lines. So I knew his lines so I'm mouthing his lines to him and you see him look in the camera like this like, he's like, and then he's he, he realizes what's going on and he starts dying laughing <laughs> completely oh breaking God. character and you know because he he just he was at a point uh you know that you know he he was very it was difficult for him to to remember lines I guess you know mm-hmm. but he was going through a lot you know mm-hmm. uh you know he lost his son I don't know if you know the whole story but uh you know, uh, yeah, but he was a dear, dear friend. I love the guy. And we, uh, we also were, um, uh, grand marshals at the, uh, the boxing hall of fame together.
0: Sweet. Hey, yeah. well, I have to ask you, by the way, how did Furio get his last name? My boyfriend was Chris Junta. When I saw the name Junta, <laughs> <Really>? <clears throat> yes. And, uh, how, how did <clears throat> Furio get a last name and how did it become Junta? How did that happen? I don't know.
1: I, I think, uh, you know, maybe junta. You know, means it could mean like joined. You know, maybe someone who joined a you know, furio junta. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, but
0: it, but it, they just decided to give him a last name when you became yeah. more of a character. Yeah, that's yeah. hysterical. That's hysterical. Well federico i I really could talk to you all night. i I have just enjoyed this so much. You are so delightful. and Thank you thank you. I, I am so uh thank you so much for doing this and thank you.
1: It's I, a yeah,
0: yeah I, I, I look forward to coming to New York so you having are you having a show that people in New York can go see?
1: Yes, yes uh, you know I'll, I'll I'll get the information out there somehow, but please uh,
0: tell us the story about what happened to you on Facebook <clears throat> before we go because
1: oh yes. Uh, Tell oh, that story, yeah. please. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm not sure if a lot of people out there know, but there are um, there are criminals out there, cyber criminals, that are stealing mm-hmm. from unsuspecting fans of celebrities and, and actors. And so they pose as um, as these actors. You you think that you're actually talking to the actor, you know? He'll they'll direct message you. If you say you like something that they that they post for me on, on this fake page that they had on me, they were post they were putting up all kinds of artwork that wasn't mine, maybe one or two were mine. And then they were there. And, and if you look closely, he was actually pasting my head on another person's body, which was ridiculous. But and I don't know how people could get fooled like that. But anyway, if they don't know any better, they will they will wind up getting fooled. And so what they were doing was they were actually stealing from people. So if someone liked something, this the person would direct message that person that liked that, and they would try to sell them things like sell them artwork that didn't mm-hmm. exist. So in other words, if if they tried buying something and they sent these people money, they would never see the the, the product, oh. and then they would get blocked from from that person. And once they stole the money, then it's gone. And so I I had been working for six and a half months with the New Jersey State Police cyber crimes. How did you. you get wind of this? I got wind of it because I had a friend of mine, close friend who calls me up and says, uh, he goes, how much do you want for those posters? The prints. I go, what prints? He goes, the prints that you're selling. I said, well, which prints? I mean, there's prints that I made a long time ago. He goes, no, the ones that are selling on Facebook. I said, Facebook? I said, I don't have a Facebook page. Oh, he goes, uh, He goes, you're kidding me i said no send it to me i said send me the page so i'm looking at it. I'm like i said I, I go to my friend rick I, rick this is absolutely fake this is this is not me man I said don't buy anything from these people so i i put on my instagram and i showed them the the what the page looked like i said if mm-hmm. you see this page this is not me i don't have a facebook page um there is one fan page that's legit but that you know i i don't post on that thing and i've never posted on it so uh I said, please do not buy anything or purchase anything from these people. This is a scam. And uh they're doing it. And obviously
0: it you went off. to Facebook and told them that this was going on, right? You Oh said- my
1: God, how many times? And and they have- didn't do anything. No, they didn't do anything. They we reported it every single time. Then I get a, a call from a four-nine number. And I'm thinking it's Yvonne, you know, she's calling for me from another number. She's German. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so I, I pick up the phone and and the guy, there's a guy on the other end, and he says, uh, Federico? I said, yeah. He goes, uh, this is Frank, Frank Zerillo. And I said, okay, Frank, and your name, is, name sounds familiar. He goes, he goes, well, we knew each other a long time ago. You know, I, I worked with uh, Jim Ganolfini's sister. I met Jim, and I met you, and blah, 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 and we went to dinner. And I said, all right. I said, how can I help you? And he says, uh, well, I'm just looking to get my stuff. I'm like, your stuff? I said, wait a minute, don't tell me you, you bought something on Facebook. He goes, yeah. I said, I'm sorry, man. I said, listen, I, I, I apologize, but that's not my page. He got ripped off for $1,500. Oh, and shit. then he got ripped off from Vince Curatola as well for another five or
0: $600. Vince has one oh, also? Oh, my God. They-
1: David Proval, Vince Curatola, Michael Imperioli. They're doing it to, to all of us on The Sopranos. But they, I I had it after six and a half months and they, they finally served the subpoena to Facebook and they, they took it down. Four days later, the guy opens it or these people open it back up again. And now it's been taken down again. So I, you know, I don't know. People just have to be aware that there are a lot of criminals out there that just want to steal your money and you have to be very, very careful. In fact, what I did was I said to this, this gentleman, Frank Zerillo, I said, Frank, if, you ever come back to to the states he goes yeah you know my, my kids live in new jersey I said well the next time you come back to new jersey let me know and i will give you some things i'll sign some things for you some print. in fact that was today i met with him today
0: stop
1: yeah 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 oh so,
0: well that's yeah, lovely no, great guy
1: you. too we you know uh we we had a cigar and you know had lunch and you know it was great it was great
0: well, that's lovely. of you did that, well, everybody out there, don't be buying Frederico's art on no, Facebook. No, I don't as... sell
1: anything. I don't sell anything online, you know. So, so, where
0: can people go to see your art and to purchase it? Uh,
1: well, I mean, I do have a website; they could see my art. Um, usually, I sell through galleries, you know. Right? Can um, people
0: can people purchase through through the web? Get through the internet? They,
1: for... Yeah, I wish. I wish that uh, I were more. Uh, you know like inclined to do things like that I, i'm not really you know and you know um a social media kind of guy you know what i mean okay
0: so when is the next art show going to be do you I, think it'll
1: be in the fall it'll be in okay. the fall in new york city but i will i will get it out there i have some people that will get it out there but also I well, want if to you let that. me
0: if you let me know i, I yeah. am a social media person i'll get it out there oh really Oh absolutely wow, be fantastic. i'd be happy to do
1: that i you know one of the things that we're doing is we're doing a um a uh, convention in Fairfield, New Jersey, which is the largest uh, contingency of Italians, <laughs> and um, we're doing a convention that that's celebrating the Italian culture, and there'll, there'll be a lot of a uh, lot of uh, Italian American celebrities, and it's called Paisan Con. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a cute title, uh, and that's coming in in on uh, in April, a- April thirteenth and fourteenth. So there will be uh, Catherine Arducci will be there. I believe Tony Danza is going to be a lot of great uh, performers and stuff. So you know, it'll be a lot of fun.
0: Well, I look forward to more you in all of your arenas. And uh, <laughs> it's just been delightful. Thank you so much, Federico, for doing oh, this. Oh,
1: Vicky, thank you so much. It was a pleasure, really. Ciao. See you soon. Arrivederci. Ciao.
0: Arrivederci.